The following program has been furnished and paid for by Kevin Seven Financial Services, and KSCV is not responsible for its content or the products or services offered. Welcome to Your Finances with Kevin Seven here on KSCV. A show about finance and retirement planning. And now, here's your host, Kevin Coogley. Hello, and welcome to Your Finances, where we will be taking any calls live. 281-558-KSEV. That is 281-558-5738. What we are hoping to do is give you a fresh perspective on your finances. And our goal is to take you from financial confusion to financial confidence. And the whole foundation of that is a financial plan. It takes into account what you're making, what you're spending and saving, and it forecasts that into the future. The name of the show is Your Finances, and it's Kevin's 7. You can also go to our website, kevin7.com. It's easy to remember. You're listening to AM 700 KSEV, and the name of our website is Kevin 7. That's K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. And you can see a lot of the concepts that we're talking about today. And we have in the studio with us Gary Knight, and he will... Have a conversation with me, your host, Kevin. I'm a financial advisor. Been doing this for quite a many, few many years. And so if you have any questions, uh, maybe you have a personal financial question or maybe something about the market or perhaps the economy, we will chat with you at 281-558-558. Five, seven, three, eight. The economy, yeah, that that's the big thing. There's all kinds of stuff you hear out there, and and put put these things out of our minds. People say, well, we're you know March next year, things could get rough. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going to get rough. I'm like, you got to keep saying that to yourself because sometimes you start believing all these people saying the same stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, this has to be one of them. This might be the most anticipated forthcoming recession ever of all time because people have been talking about this coming recession for a year and i just saw a piece on ceo's earnings calls there's three things that they are talking about the most the number one thing that ceos are talking about now is ai which is of course artificial intelligence the second thing is inflation and then the third thing is that they're concerned about is uh, the, the recession. So um, it's, it's uh, something that we think, and I follow a, a, mainly about three different resources for research. And from what I'm seeing it lining up, it, it's, it's going to be the beginning of next year or some point next year when it is uh, when we do go into a recession. Now, of course, we did have one, a technical recession uh, at the beginning of last year. So, yeah, the, the economy is hard to predict. The markets are hard to predict. But based on certain things that are going on, you know, we have a, a, a 
level of confidence that it potentially could happen in the future. Of course, nobody can predict the future. But uh, we, we, we look at trends, we look at technical analysis, we look at earnings of companies to kind of give us an idea of where to be and, and help people along the way when they're looking at their finances. So if, uh, if you're close to retirement, maybe you're in retirement or questions about the markets, like uh, I do, everybody's in uncertainty times, I think, or maybe the economy too, we can feel free to help is just give us a call here at 281-558-5738, 281-558-KSEV, or the appointment, 877-KEVINS-7, 877-538-4677. Uh, we mentioned about, and, and this always keeps coming up, with things that are the way they are, so you wouldn't say touch our 401ks, let's get them out of there because something's going to happen to them. Just let them ride like they're riding for now, correct? Well, you, it just depends on what you're invested in. Now, a 401k is just packaging. So it, it's a, a packaging that allows your funds to be to have tax-deferred growth, right? And yeah, right. If, there is such thing as a Roth 401k, too, where you can withdraw the money without any kind of income taxation as long as you're beyond the age of 59 and a half. So depending on where you are in life and when you're going to use the money, that's how you should take a look at allocating your assets. And obviously, the older people are typically the less time that they have to make it up. Whereas if we go into a downturn, you know, they don't have as many years. So you have to it's, it's very wise for people to take a look at moving back out of the markets because there are there's more volatility in the markets than there is something like a money market account, right? And by the way, money market accounts are paying fantastic right now. You can get upwards of 5.2%. If you have money sitting in a bank account, you can open up a brokerage account or an advisory account and you can get over 5.2% in your on your cash. So that is an excellent way you don't want you've most people have worked hard for their money right they need to have their money working hard for them and unfortunately most bank accounts they don't pay any interest and it's pathetic if you look at your bank account sometimes you see it's less than one percent it's really bad it's really pathetic right now because you have the option since the fed is raised interest rates, it's affected short-term rates. The one good thing that has come out of it is that you've got higher money market rates right now. So that is a benefit for anybody who's sitting in cash that will help offset inflation risk. So there's all kinds of risks when it comes to investing. We all, you know, this is, we, we talk a lot about stock risk or market risk and economy risk, but it, Part of that economic risk that's out there is inflation risk. And as everybody knows, last year we went over 9%. So you have to have something that will mitigate that inflation risk too, or it will eat up your finances or eat up your investments. So it's something that we speak more in generality since we have a, a general audience and anybody could be listening. And that's why, 
if somebody ever wants to talk about their own specific financial situation and everybody's different, then, you know, we offer the free finance, financial consultation with people. And it's just, you can go even on the website. It's a Smart Investor Pro schedule an appointment. It's Kevin7, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. It also has a phone number on there if you'd rather just have a, the eight, the eight, you can call the 877-K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7, and we can look at your personal finances. So with that, I can talk a little bit about what happened, and this is this last week. Gary, I don't know if you looked at your 401k, and you, I don't think you're one of these people like who look at looks oh, at it daily no, or else you'd no. go insane, right? Night, nightly, maybe. No, <laughs> no you, but you do want to, but I don't because that's not good to get into that. Yeah, it's – it's it, whenever you, you, you go into stocks, you want to – we have this theme all throughout this, your finances show that you should be a long-term investor whenever you look into going into stocks. And this was – case in point for last week it was a tough week in the markets it was the nasdaq was down for the last five days nearly three percent the s p 500 was down 2.48 the dow was actually down 2.21 percent so tough week in the market tough last 30 days overall in the market um, which is, you know, somewhat unusual. You have these corporations are announcing pretty good earnings right now. And you have the Fed, which most people are saying the Fed, they are going to pause. So they are meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming next week. We will be monitoring to see what the Fed has to say, because one of the big things with investing is that you never fight the Fed. This is why last year we knew when the Fed was pretty open when they were broadcasting that they were going to raise rates. We actually moved everybody 100% out of stocks in March of last year, which was a fantastic move. And then we started moving people back into stocks at the end of the year. So that's more of a tactical move. So there, I'm not one of these people who says, well, you just sit there and leave it and, and not try to make tactical changes. You do want to have your money in stocks for most of the time if you are a longtime investor. Because, again, there is not a better investment choice over a long period of time than the U.S. stock market. The U.S. economy I would never bet against it, and it always rebounds. As we said on this program before, back in the 80s, they thought the Japanese economy would overtake the American economy. Oh, and, I you know, that. within the last 10, 15 years, they thought the Chinese economy would take over. No. We have the innovation, and we have the premier capitalistic economy on Earth. So that's why you should never bet against America, particularly the S&P 500 over a long period of time, there's no better investment choice than U.S. stocks and corporations. Now, yeah, being having said that, you want to be tactical about it as too. That's a strategy. The overall long-term strategy is being in the markets, whereas, you know, on a tactical basis, you want to make investment choices and do uh, what's good for you on an individual basis, right? And that has to do with asset allocation. As we mentioned, you want to have less in stocks. Usually 
the older that you become and then you have investments that will potentially guarantee your income or protect you on the downside. And there's different ways that you can do that. We've mentioned here in the past there's index annuities which protect against principal loss and there are structured investments where you have a market-linked CD. A market-linked CD is a form of a structured note and that allows you to not have principal loss and the word CD, certificate of deposit, in the word market linked in a structured note means that it is FDIC insured, and they link them to things like the S&P 500. And so, obviously, there's a trade-off. You don't get as much on the upside when you have that FDIC protection on the downside. So, with that being said, uh, and I keep thinking about the 401ks, and you want to keep them in a long time anyway. You know, just going, well, I want, want it in for a year. You want things to go three, four, five years down the road at least, correct? Or That's am I right. wrong? Yeah, you want to, to, to rebound if in case there is a downturn in the market. And if there is a downturn in the market, then you're not going to be hurt as bad if you're in stocks because you have at least three to five years to be able to recover. So the, the longer amount of time that you have in stocks, the higher percentage that it'll be positive from when you originally entered into the stocks. Or as like you and most people have an S&P 500 type of investment in their 401k. So if you're five years out from retirement, you should be more comfortable having more money in the S&P 500 if you're one or two years away from retirement and you're going to need those funds out of your 401k. Now, this is just one form of an employer account, right? It's a 401k. There are 403bs that we, we work with people who are with nonprofits or hospitals, things of that nature. Same concept where it's tax deferred growth, automatic contribution from your paycheck into your employer's retirement plan which is an excellent automated way for you to take advantage of the benefits that the IRS has given you to have tax-deferred growth. And the whole point is that Einstein said there is no other powerful entity in the universe than the power of compounding, and compounding money occurs much faster inside of a tax-deferred account and retirement plans with your work allow you to do that, whether it even be a defined pension plan, which the, that's the money that the, fund, the employer gives to your pension, or a defined contribution, which is you, the employee. You are defining the amount that you are contributing, and we always recommend do 15% into your 401k as your defined contribution or your 403b. Because, and you, the more the better. Heck, if you're not using that money, money always compounds faster inside of a tax-deferred account. So Not under your mat- a mattress. Yes, not under your mattress, not in a, in, a, in a taxable account where you get a 1099 on it every year and you have to pay any income tax that's due on it the following year. So the money coming from directly to your, from your payroll into your retirement plan is the best way 
to go for automation and you're not even thinking about it. And the younger you are, the more you want to be in the S&P 500, which is the Standard & Poor's 500 largest American stocks, right? And you do have, there's a lot of foreign exposure in there because you have a lot of huge corporations, American corporations oh, yeah. that have huge operations oh, overseas, right? Yeah, right, exactly. So Kevin Seven, your finances, that's the show, 877-Kevin-7, 877-538-4677. Or you can call us at 281-558-5738. Uh, any kind of a, a question, we'll answer it as well as we can. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. They say one day they're going round up. Well, that shit might fly in the city. Having a hard time knowing what kind of income you may expect in retirement? Kevin Seven is a financial planning firm. We take you from financial confusion to financial confidence. A financial plan takes into account what you're making, spending, and saving, and forecasts that into the future. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7. That's 877-538-4677. We can schedule an appointment for you via Zoom, phone, or even in person. Or visit us on our website at kevin7.com. K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. It is wrong for somebody calling themselves a Republican to betray the voters who trusted them in an effort to deliver for Democrats. I have identified 24 of these so-called Republicans. The Texas Scorecard has identified the dirty dozen of these Republicans. Is your Republican on any of these lists? Our ongoing effort for accountability. Coming up at the Chris Salcedo Show, see at 7 after Lance on AM 700 KSEV, the voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. So I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wait. Downloaded song on iTunes right there, Garrett. I've heard that. It's the first time I've heard it. Number one downloaded song. What a deal. Richmond, north of Richmond. That's right. Richmond where? I'm thinking Richmond, Virginia. I think he's from Virginia. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. Well, welcome back to Your Finances. And this is Kevin Seven is the name of the firm. We were talking about retirement and 401ks, automatic contributions, where it just goes right from your payroll right into your retirement account. And... We are also talking about the markets and the, the market. The stock market was down last year. I'm sorry, just last week. It was down last year, too, actually. But 
Here we have, why is it down? We mentioned that there was a couple of good things going on with regard to the market. One of them, the earnings sound very good. And the majority of companies are beating earnings. And then also the Fed is an, has announced that they're going to pause. So they're not going to continue to raise the short-term interest rate. But So why, why was the market down last week? Well, the 10-year Treasury yield was up. And so it was up 2.38%. Usually whenever the 10-year Treasury goes up, it has a negative effect on the S&P 500. And some research analyst, one fact that I followed, he, he bases his whole theory on where the stock market is headed based on that 10-year Treasury. And the higher that it goes, the less performance is that you would have on the S&P 500. So that was really the driver for the underperformance of the U.S. stock market last week and all of the three major indexes, which would the three major ones that we talk about here on this show are the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So they were all off for last week. So people tend to, financial planners as well, and people just sort of dabbing at the markets, they, everybody thinks they know what's going to happen, and you don't. I mean, it, you're questioning things that might have happened 20 or 30 years ago, and you think it's going to happen sort of a different way, but you're going to get the same results, correct? Yeah, there are so many variables that go into the market. Heck, I just talked about two that were fantastic for the market, and that would be earnings going up and also the Fed pausing. But then all of a sudden, here's another variable that's thrown at you last week that nobody knew that the 10-year tra- treasure would have gone up as much as it did last week. But that has a negative effect on the market. So, again, over a long period of time, we're confident that the higher the percentage chance that it's going to be positive the longer period of time that you have in the market right uh, right now, how about trump you know he's he's doing well let's just i'm just putting this so if he's elected that market's going to react probably up i would think correct well it's again you you never know uh it's it, <laughs> people would have said that when biden came into office and the first year that biden was in if you look at the opposite you look at Biden getting into office and everybody, some people are thinking, hey, man, I really need to get out now. But it performed really well. So generally, yeah. as a, you know, in any like last year, you had the incumbents in a two year cycle and they were in power. Usually that we look at that and it's usually a down year for the market. So as I said last year, when the Fed announced that they were going to pause or I'm sorry, that they were going to start raising rates. And then you had that with a year when the incumbents were in power and then there was an election that would that's another sign for um, a bad year, usually in the market. So we can see certain things within the 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 market. uh, But, you know, there's believe it or not, there's not much that you can really look at versus whether the Republicans or Democrats are in power. And that's why I try to always, we, we don't get very political on this show, but it's the, the, the politics set aside, the, the U.S. stock market still continues to do very well. 
and it's in the, over a long period of time, it's better. Now, obviously, you want to have lower taxation for corporations because earnings and, and things of that nature are better for corporations. If you're invested in stocks, you want higher earnings, and therefore, you want lower taxation. And so these are different things. By the way, the, the most expensive cost for a corporation is, guess what it is? Uh -oh. Labor. Oh. So it's, it's been, you know, something that the American stock market's not seen probably since its inception over the last 10 to, fi last 10 to 15 years, globalization, where we've offshored a lot of the labor. And we've done that. The, the, well, the major corporations have done that. And it's made that expense a lot less for the corporations, right? All right. So now you're hearing, though, reshoring or nearshoring. That is another thing. We're talking about what CEOs were talking about mostly on their earnings call. This is another big topic amongst American CEOs, and I think it has to do with um, concerns and political tensions between nations. You are hearing more American CEOs talking about reshoring, which means bringing the manufacturing of their products back to America, or nearshoring, which means you know put putting them the manufacturing facility in Mexico since it's a country that's nearby. So these are some buzz topics that are going around lately. What on do you an earnings call? What do you think of that? That again. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. What, uh, you know, I, I'm 100% for the American worker, and I believe that it's better to have those, not only from a national, you know, the Congress has moved uh, to do this from a national security standpoint with these chips, right? They, huh. they, they create, you know, the... Uh, Foxconn, which is the manufacturer for Apple, they're building a big facility in Phoenix. And wow. so you're seeing this happen already. Now, it takes years and billions of dollars to get the reinvestment back in America to make the manufacturing here in America again. But, uh, they, you know, they're, they're, these are – let's not make a mistake about it, right? They are global corporations. So this isn't the only place that they're – manufacturing they're doing i saw an article on some they're doing it in germany now and they're also doing it in india so they're opening up the plants all over the world so they get the global diversification but obviously we you know we're pro-american we want the american economy to thrive and i think that it's nothing but a good thing for these corporations to build manufacturing facilities and you know Everybody, the the Congress. The one thing that they did agree with is that, from a national security perspective, they need to have these chips made in America. And speaking oh, of man. which, Nvidia, Nvidia, as some call it, which has had fantastic growth. Mm. This company is a GPU graphics processing unit company. And the driving factor within AI, people are buying their chips all over. They are mostly manufactured in Taiwan, but it is a San Francisco-based company. They are announcing earnings Wednesday after the stock market closes. 
So this is going to be huge, right, uh, for what we think is going to happen. This is one stock in the Kevin 7, by the way. We probably don't mention this enough, but the Kevin 7 stock, the firm is named Kevin 7, but the Kevin 7 is a stock portfolio of seven different stocks that we use as kind of like an equity mutual fund. By the way, equity means stocks. And these, and these these stocks are not there always. Yes. We, well, we make minor changes here and there. We don't do a lot of turnover, which no means grass. buying and selling a stock. But guess what? No. NVIDIA is one of them. Do you know how much that stock is up right I, now, I guess, Gary? I guess. No. I don't know. Go ahead. A hundred. One hundred ninety-one percent. Wow. Year to date. Whoa. Yes. It, uh, it went over the trillion dollar, and still, it's, it's over the trillion dollar market cap. And when we talk about market cap, it's kind of like an arbitrary thing. People might not know what that means. Market cap is the value that Wall Street or investors in the market assign to a corporation. So people, the more people buy NVIDIA stock or NVIDIA stock, however you want to pronounce it, Mm -hmm. the higher their market cap becomes. So remember when Alphabet, Google, Apple, they crossed the trillion-dollar mark, NVIDIA, based on the forecasting and AI, artificial intelligence, this chip has, you know, that's the, 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 the AI chip, right, that they need, they being any company that wants to do artificial intelligence, they need to have their hands on these chips that are designed by NVIDIA. The, the tech industry is pretty weird. A lot of people say, think, well, that NVIDIA, they have uh, this, they're based in San Francisco, but uh, Taiwan Semiconductors is the one who makes them. And they, they make uh, the majority of them in Taiwan, obviously, but they're building plants, as I said, all over the country, uh, Phoenix and Germany, all over the world. So they're diversifying their operations. So. Well, you're mentioning AI. Of course, that's it's going to get. It's just you can see it. It's blowing out every Hollywood. Did you hear the the one about Hollywood? James Dean, the great actor from oh, the fifties. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's going to be back on the stage. Did you hear about that on yeah. the screen? I can't. I mean, it's going to be perfect. They think, but uh, you know how many people are going to see it? That's going to start and find out how this happens. You know. Oh yeah, that's right. So you have within, and this is. AI, this is why the Screen Actors Guild and the WGA, the Writers Guild, they are on strike right now. Because if you could imagine, if you're an actor and you have a major studio like a, a Disney or Warner Brothers, I guess now they call that one Max. <laughs> so they change all the time. So these these actors are, they, they, the these major studios they want to use the picture of their face and they can use it in perpetuity forever. They can use a picture of their face and obviously the actors aren't very keen on that and so they're, that's why they're striking. It's not fair in a way, but I mean... No, it's not. And they, can, and they probably will before it's over. They'll try to force you to let's renegotiate your contract here differently now. Right. So, yeah, it's... Uh, AI, it's it's going to change a lot. I, you know, I, I, we have the theme here also on this show, don't have no fear, and just uh, reach forward to the next opportunity. And this is a theme of the firm. So I don't think anybody should be fearful of AI. Ironically, the, the biggest job that 
workforce that it's affected right now is coding, which is in the tech industry, how they write these computer programs, they use coding and AI is helping with that. And if you're a parent and you want your kids to do their homework, then uh, generative AI, chat GPT, you might, you might want to check out and see if they're using that to uh, help them with their homework because now, you know, chat GTP, it can write poems. That's this big difference between the former AI, artificial intelligence, and now the new generative AI where it can create poems, it can create art, and it can create essays to help your kids with their homework. So it's uh i think it's i think it's a great thing if it's in the right hands yes and that's the always the problem right yeah and now elon has he actually started chat gbt and it was a nonprofit, and then microsoft somehow took it over and he wasn't pleased with that so now he's starting another ai company so bard google bard which has been around a long time even more so than this uh chat gbt has been around and so I think you're going to have three major players in that. Again, I don't think it's not, I, I wouldn't be concerned about AI taking over like in the Terminator. I watched uh, uh, oh. Elon Musk, big Elon Musk fan. He was, he was yeah. talking about, uh, you can see all this from satellites because the generative AI uses so much power that you can see the sensors where it's being used on a heat map from space. Wow. Wow. So cool. it's not like it's going to be on individual devices. They have these huge story storage facilities. Most of them run on these NVIDIA chips, right? No. So that's why it's in huge demand. And we will look very closely, and I think that they will beat earnings here Wednesday night. It could be a catalyst to get this NASDAQ out of the funk that it's been in in the last week or so. And it could drive, it could help drive the markets higher, depending on what the revenue. They can't make these chips fast enough. I, they're on backlogs and order. So we'll, we'll be interested to see what happens Wednesday night with NVIDIA earnings. They usually announce these right after market close. You mentioned, uh, well, the NVIDIA, obviously, and I keep thinking of the California, what's the name of that uh, chip place also that started about 30 years ago? Intel, the old, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're going to be in Phoenix, though, NVIDIA, right? Is that where they're setting? Well, they're they're based in San Francisco, no. and they have Taiwan Semiconductors um, that is based in Taiwan. They're opening up a plant in Phoenix. And so, yeah, it's kind of like contracting. You know that Apple, they don't make any of their own devices, right? They contract through Foxconn, but they own the software, and the design they own the intellectual property and they did a fan you know back in the old well not old days but 10 15 years ago every and still even somewhat today everybody's concerned about chinese stealing american intellectual property somehow apple figured it out and i guess it's because they have the keys to their own ios or any os that os means operating system of the software that they own so they control the platform even though the manufacturing is in china they can apple controls the platforms kind of like nvidia they have the technology and own the ip to these gpus so that you know they they have the key but and that's the key is important. They, they tell Taiwan Semiconductors 
to, to make the chips or they, they contract with them, but NVIDIA still has the key. So that's how they, they have the intellectual property is obviously the most important thing when it comes to technology and, and keeping it safe from replication by competitors. Kevin Seven, it's uh, your finances, and uh, Kevin Seven's right here. Seven is not his last name, no, but, but uh, <laughs> we'll go through that here in just a moment. But the number, you can, uh, to schedule an appointment, 877-Kevins, K-E-V-I-N-S, 7, 877-538-4677. We, we're going to be right back. Oh, guess who's here? Prince in Tennessee. Oh. Nice. There are three things you need to know when choosing a financial advisor. Number one, experience. Number two, credentials. And number three, judgment ability. I have over 27 years experience in the industry. I am a Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor, CRPC, and an MBA. Although past performance doesn't guarantee future results, we can show you that we've delivered results that double the S&P 500. Don't hesitate. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7 or visit us on our website, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. Catch Chris X Radio weekdays at 4, right here on AM 700 KSEV. Former FBI Special Agent Charles McConigal has pled guilty to colluding with a sanctioned Russian oligarch. Yeah, he was actively investigating Donald Trump for Russia collusion while working to clear Hillary Clinton of any wrongdoing. It would be hilarious if it wasn't so seditious. Chris X Radio, weekdays 4 till 6, right here on The Voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Welcome back again to Your Finances. Kevin's Seven is the name of the firm. My name is Kevin, the head of the firm, and we are here with Gary. And we were, we've were we been talking about everything. Yeah, we've been talking about everything in regard to your finances, the markets, economy, your personal finances, a defined contribution plan, putting money into your retirement account. Why in the heck is it that the market went down last week, even though that Fed said that they were going to pause, or everybody's saying the Fed is going to pause, and earnings have been good? Well, it was because mm. the 10-year Treasury went up, in my opinion. But there's some other highlights. There's one sector that was actually up for last year. I'm sorry, last week. For last week, there was one sector that was up. Now, a sector is just a portion of the stock market. We talked a lot about the tech sector in the last segment, right, Gary? And yeah, yeah, yeah. But How about having the- a lot of listeners in Houston, there is a sector that they are mostly concerned about. I would say that would be the energy sector. And that was a winner last week. It was the only sector that was up 
Ooh. And it was up. Why? There I go again. Everybody has yes. to have a question for yes. you. It's, it's well, good. fantastic question. There's reasonings behind it. As people move out, we see this kind of an inverse relationship where when you see companies that are tech or growth companies, uh-huh. they go out of favor. You may see energy companies or value companies move into favor. And we look at that's the way we look at styles, you have a growth company or you have a value company. A value company is more of a cash cow. A growth company is one that's looking at future earnings. So right now, though, with the energy sector, and there's actually something called an ETF or an exchange-traded fund. It's, uh, it's You can buy it like a stock for the energy sector. So there's an exchange-traded fund for the energy sector, and it is called XLE. And XLE did pretty well last week. So whenever people look at the energy sector, one of the things that they might have on their screen is this ETF, XLE. And so it's got a lot of strength to it. And what I mean by strength, you've got many different companies that make up the energy sector, right? Anything from right. Oxy. Makes me think of the Astros because you see Oxy on the Yeah, side what is that? I, I, keep, I, I keep reminding myself to ask Siri about Oxy. What is Oxy? Yeah, yeah. that's Occidental Petroleum. Oh, that's right. One of the many companies that have moved to the state of Texas from California because of taxation. So taxation is important, and obviously, uh, whether it be Tesla or Elon Musk or Oxy or Chevron, they wind up moving to Texas because of the taxation, right? So XLE, these are these energy companies all make up the energy index. And so the more companies that you have that are on an upward trend from a technical analysis perspective, the better. And right now, 87% of the energy sector is above their 200-day moving average. So the energy sector right now is on an upward trend, which is, I would say, a good thing for Texas and the energy markets, right? So up there a long time, as long as you want, guys. Yeah, and don't go down on us yet. Yeah, so you've got uh, the energy sector and it's done well last week. Obviously, the price of oil is a component of the energy companies. And so we had a pretty, we've had year to date, oil is at $81, right? Um, WTI, crude oil, $81.37. That's up 10, 10.5% year to date. And over the last month, it's up nearly 10%. So these tech companies, they're down. A lot of them are down 10%. But, you know, the ETF I just mentioned and oil is up 10%. So when we create something like the when I've created, when I created the Kevin 7, we always look for balance and diversification and things that aren't correlated uh, so correlation is you don't want all your eggs in one basket. If you're 100% correlated in your portfolio, that means you've got all of your eggs in one basket. You don't want correlation. You don't want overlap in your portfolio 
because that could be a bad thing. Generally, we don't put people into mutual funds because they are over-diversified, they being clients or people. We always see people come in with the statements, say, if you heard us on the radio show and you'd like us to look at your current Fidelity 401k statement or another brokerage company 401k or a brokerage account or IRA. Unfortunately, Gary, we always see, not always, but the majority of the time we see people who have way too many mutual funds and it's, uh, it, it destroys, it doesn't destroy, right? Usually they can get around what, they usually underperform the S&P 500, but they way underperform because they have over diversification is, is a bad thing in uh, most circumstances. And it, it's just an, uh, an excuse to cover up for ignorance. And yeah. particularly yeah. in a non-retirement account, we talked a lot about retirement accounts. Mutual funds are very inefficient in a non-retirement account. They spit off capital gains and dividends into your 1099 every year. So there are other options. Now, I, I would never say never in this. There are appropriate, appropriate times when you use a mutual fund, and that would be in something like a, a variable annuity where you don't want to have the taxation and it's appropriate for you to go into a variable annuity because that's really the only option you have, or a, they call it um, separate account. But you, you have the option to go into a quasi-mutual fund inside of a variable annuity and get the tax-deferred growth. And that's, the only, that's usually the only way you have the upside participation in a variable annuity. And sometimes it works out very good for, uh, for people. Over a long period of time, it does. It's somebody who's younger, who doesn't need the money into retirement, and they can't put it into their retirement account any other way, that a variable annuity is a, is a potential option for them for a mutual fund inside of a, to put a mutual fund. But again, even inside of the, the packaging of a variable annuity, you don't go into like 10, 15, 20 different mutual funds. You just keep it simple. We try to keep everything simple. And you have just usually something that's an S&P 500 equivalent inside of the variable annuity. You mentioned diversified or over-diversified, uh, over-diversification. Can you explain? Give me an example also, and what does that mean? Because I hear that all the time, and I, don't, I can't grasp it. Yeah, so diversification um, is a good thing to not have all of your eggs in one basket. And seven is a number right, that we have inside of the Kevin 7, so you're diversified into seven different stocks, mm -hmm. and that, that's why I believe our performance, and I can show anybody on a Zoom call, this, the performance blows away the S&P 500. So, wow, you, you and I, the reason I believe is because we're not over-diversified. Over-diversification is when I, I see it, we do a Zoom call with somebody, they share on the screen, and by the way, if somebody wants to meet with us, we can help walk you by Zoom, or we can even start off with a phone call and go over these concepts. But we will look at these statements, Gary, and it's, it's pretty amazing. You'll see one statement, for instance, from an IRA account. Somebody might have 40 different mutual funds. And this is unfortunately all too common where somebody has 40 different mutual funds in their IRA that somebody put them into or that there was a recommendation from somebody they talked to 10 years ago. They have 40 different mutual funds, 
which each have their own expense, and you Google what the average mutual fund expense is, it's over 4%. Then they have something called an overlay manager where the financial advisor could be potentially charging on top of that. So they have way too much diversification, and it hurts, significantly hurts their performance. And as I said, I think it's an excuse for ignorance and, and somebody not wanting to set, sit down and tactically put together a portfolio. They can just take somebody you know, and, and put them into something like that. But the people that are listening to the show right now, I guarantee you, they have no, this, but it's all, it's very, very common people who have an IRA, they have all these mutual funds, and I meet with them and I say, do you know what this is? They say, I have absolutely no idea Duh. what is in my account. And somebody told me five, 10 years ago. Um, and that's intuitively, people know something is wrong with their account in these situations. Mm-hmm. And so that's exa- exactly why I get a call most of the time or a Zoom call, somebody goes to Kevin7, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com, and they want to schedule an appointment just to have a second set of eyes. The, you know, the first consultation that we have is completely free. A majority of the time, we do find ways that we can help people, but there's some circumstances where, hey, no, it's what you've got looks really good. There's not much that I would change on that, and then, and then we tell them that, or I tell them that, and so... It's, it's important, though, if, if somebody out there listening thinks that, you know, intuitively something just doesn't seem right. They have a hundred different. We've, I, I can't believe 50. We've seen it 50 plus mutual funds in one IRA, and it absolutely makes mm. no sense. They probably own the same stock in five, six different mutual funds. So it's, it's very inefficient. To be over diversified, you should be talking the people. If they're with you, they should be calling you and not asking their friend next door that's got an account somewhere. Oh, what? Well, tell me about that. Get get involved in that. It could really confuse people that way. I would think. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good financial advisors out there. You know, uh, Steve is another good one that's here on the radio station. Uh, been doing it for a long time. We've, we just recommend that you go with a financial advisor. Usually you want to talk to maybe, you know, one or two. Obviously, we want you to do business with us, right? I, I've got the experience. We talked about this before, but there's really only three things that you can judge a financial advisor by, right? It's uh, the, the credentials, the experience, and their judgment ability. And, you know, whenever you chat with the financial advisor, you want to feel good about each of those three areas. And the most important part of it is the judgment ability, right? We go by results and you need to have good results. And and it's based on everything that we do or the foundation of what we do is based on a financial plan. And so that you move forward and you're not investing just to be doing it, but you have the investments that are is the gasoline in your car the financial plan is the google maps or the Waze or the apple maps as we've stated but the gasoline is your investments and you're not going to get anywhere unless your investments are set up correctly right yeah so it's very very important for people to have this set up and you know we would love to have a chance to visit with it with you if if this is something intuitively and usually we know or 
as human beings, we know intuitively when something's wrong with a portfolio or, you know, you haven't looked at this in a while. Our motto, again, is no fear. We did, we're, we're not going to fear what you, you may have made some mistakes in the past with your investment choices or the way that you've saved, but we don't beat people up or, you know, we tell people not to beat themselves up over the wrong decisions that they made in the past. We forget the past and we just reach forward to the future and invest and do the financial planning based on what we have. Remember that talking about failure is not continuing on. They asked Thomas Alva Edison, they said, well, that's my 800th experiment on the electric light. At least I found that there's 800 ways it will not work. Exactly. Right. And learn from other people's mistakes. Like, exactly. And that's, that's the good thing about having a financial advisor with so much experience. And they, they would not be in the industry unless they've, they've done it right. And they've had a somewhat decent judgment ability. And they, they've seen other people have mistakes. So, 30 seconds. What do you want to say to the folks? Just have a great week. By the way, we have now we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just you can look it up in the search portion of those podcasts at Kevin Seven, K E V I N S, the number seven. Listen to a recap of the show and please join us again next Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Your Finances with Kevin Seven. If you have a question for Kevin during the week, you can give him a call at 877-KEVIN-7. Or you can email him at K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7, dot com. And tune in again next Sunday at 1 o'clock for Your Finances with Kevin 7, right here on KSEV. Kevin Coogley is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.